It is the Matt Mosley Show, and it is head women's coach at Baylor, Nikki Collin, returning uh, to the program. And, uh, Nikki, it's uh, – I don't know how this has felt to you, you know, if it's gone fast, if it's gone slow, but suddenly it arrives and it's here in the beginning of the season. There's an exhibition Friday, and then, of course, uh, uh, you'll open the season against uh, Southern – I mean, it's uh, and, and that'd be a great opportunity, by the way, for people to get a look at the team uh, Friday. Now, I know that you all have these uh, quote unquote super secret scrimmages. Uh, would you care to just give us a little bit of insight on uh, I think you had one here recently on uh, how that was for the team? Because I think those can be valuable in the sense that you're they probably get tired of going against each other all the time. It's kind of nice to to uh, see another team and, and see some, some different folks to guard. Yeah, I think it's an interesting time. You know, it used to be everyone did two exhibitions, and then um, you had – then you, it changed to, like, one closed scrimmage and an exhibition, and um, and now you've got a lot of teams that are, that are doing two closed scrimmages because they feel like maybe they can get more value, um, you know, out of those and, and playing – um, really good opponents and, and exposing weaknesses and, and really getting you to, to figure out what do we need to be able to do to be competitive um, right away. Um, and so, I yeah, it was very good for us. Like, part of me wishes I had done it a little bit sooner, um, you know, when you, when you start, like, evaluating. Because now you are like, okay, we have our first game. In, in a week and we've got an exhibition coming up and certainly we'll focus on ourselves in terms of the exhibition. I think the advantage to that is like playing with fans under the lights, you know, real game environment. Uh, but you do learn a lot. And we also were able to go, you know, extra time so that, you know, nice. you get more people minutes. You can focus on, Hey, let's, let's have a zone section or, um, you know, and so I think we saw, Hey, we're, we're, we're probably ahead, um, in a better place defensively than I thought we were. Um, I don't think we were as good offensively as I think we can be. Um, so, so it allows us to then turn the focus today in practice to like, let's really break down um, these actions. You know, like we didn't get the ball turned enough times. Like we, we played too much to one side of the floor. We, um, you know, wanted things to happen and forced things to happen instead of letting things happen. Um, you know, my, my, uh, every coach has their thing minus turnovers. Um, I cannot stand turnovers. Um, you know, it's just, I want to be a team that, that is one of the lowest turnover teams in the country. I want to be under 13 if possible. I think there are teams that are going to turn you over 15 times, but, um, you see teams around the country win and turn it over 20 times. That just drives me, you know, that would drive me crazy. So, you know, really them seeing the decisions they make. Um, you know, what they could have done. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, it can be the hockey assist. It doesn't have to be you. You don't have to make a play every time you touch the ball. Um, I think the advantage of our team is we have depth. I think the disadvantage of depth is uh, sometimes not having enough separation um, in, in terms of how deep do you want to go? Who do you want to play? How many minutes are they going to play? Um, you know, and so we, we need that to happen over these next couple of weeks as we, you know, as the season unfolds, um, we, we really need these, these players, um, to create separation, you know, and separation 
can look a lot of different ways and certainly who we play and, and the makeup of the teams that we play. Do they have size? Are they a five-guard lineup? You know, can change the dynamics of your bench and how you utilize it. Um, but, but certainly want to get to the point where we feel really, really good about what does an eight ro- eight-man rotation look like? What does a nine-player rotation look like? What is, you know, that type of thing? All right, and can you uh, – I know I hear all the – like who the men played in these two scrimmages uh, with A&M and Gonzaga. Can you, can you share like who you had the scrimmage with or would you prefer not to? I prefer not to, um, you know, there's no, there's no leaked box score. I saw the leaked box score from the men's game against Gonzaga. Yes. Um, You know, and I think those, those situations are different too. Like I think, you know, when you when you go meet people in a neutral location, you know, I think everybody's obviously going to know there's travel plans, there's everything else. But I think for, for our girls, like, I just think it's important that they, they had opportunity to um, see another opponent, a good opponent, um, mm-hmm. a team that presented unique challenges um, that, you know, maybe we hadn't seen in practice yeah. so far. So. You know, you just you feel like it gives you an opportunity to be better uh, moving forward and really get their attention. You know, I mean, uh-huh. the film, the film doesn't lie. You know, so I think it's always like a really good thing when you have the opportunity to um, to look back and really see it. The uh, just give us the mascot. I think that would help. There, there'll be several of those mascots, <laughs> so it wouldn't narrow it down too much. Nikki Collin uh, on her weekly appearance. Uh, bi-weekly, I should say, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And I'm just, I am curious, uh, as you try to get that rotation, um, I, I'm sure one of the things with having more depth, you get some, uh, you, you know, your six-person, I mean, you know, your, your, um, your six-woman will be, you know, probably a really good player and maybe one of your better players. And so it gives you some opportunities. Have you already kind of made up some of those things in your mind, like who you want to be the first one or first two off the bench, or are you still kind of experimenting with that starting lineup? Yeah, we're definitely experimenting. You know, we we have not had the luxury of having a healthy roster this fall. Um, So we've had maybe three practices with all 13 players. Um, and when one of those players is Sarah Andrews, who, um, you know, is is arguably the best player on our team, um, but but maybe has had the fewest number of reps of everybody on our roster this fall, um, you know, it, it forces you to look at other people. It forces you to, um, you know, you, you don't get the look with what, what does it look like when, when she plays with Jada? What does it look like when, you know, in just certain situations. And so I think we're finally getting to a place where we get to start um, really looking at those things. Um, you know, I mean, a healthy Sarah is really important, you know, for, for our team. I think we've added players that, that can certainly help. Um, but I think she's uh, a Nancy Lieberman award candidate and uh, an all conference um, candidate, you know, and a unanimous first team preseason all conference player for a reason. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think we're settled at all. And I think you, you also have to, as a coach, it's not just always about starting the best five players. It's about, about starting players that start well together, that mesh well together. It's about, um, 
you know, it's it's personality driven at times. Who can handle starting? Who can who who handles coming off the bench? You know, who would be better at handling that? Even if you know they're the person that finishes the game, and and so it's just never as easy as saying, um, you know. And I, I think sometimes, like as a fan looking in, you you just want to say, okay, just put your best five players out there. Um, mm-hmm. The best five players, the five most talented players, that's not always the group that's going to give you your best plus minus. You know, it may be your best offensive team, but it's definitely not your best defensive team. So, you know, do you have the ability to figure out how to be um, really good one through eight or nine and get a feel for what is what do we need right now? You know, I mean, what do we need right now? Do they have an attacking point guard and we really need, you know, um, someone that's, that's going to get after it defensively on the point. Do we need, um, you know, to be big on the wing, which quite frankly, we're big like now 85% of the time, you know, we're, we're big at the three with Bella, um, with Asia, even Danae um, has good size at that position. So, you know, we've, we've pretty much had a, a three little guard lineup for two years um, out of necessity, but, you know, we're not in that situation anymore. But it doesn't mean um, that we can't play Sarah, Jada, and Yaya all at the same time and be really dynamic. And so I think that's the beauty of, of this team is, is being able to play a lot of different ways, um, but really understanding what are our go-tos. Like, you can't have five people that the ball sticks in their hands. You know, like you got to have movers. You got to have kids that'll move and screen and and do the little things to be successful. You know, the, if the ball sticks every time the ball moves, um, you won't be very good offensively. So, I mean, that's what we still have to understand. Um, we've got some people the ball can and should stick a little bit more with, but if if you're not that person, like this isn't your time to like take your chance. You know, so really understanding people, understanding the importance and how valuable. Um, defenders, movers, you know, and I don't know, people don't always talk about that terminology, but um, it's just something that's important with what we do. Like, you got to move the basketball. So if you're not a mover, like, you, you can, you know, sit sit on the bench, you know, by, by the assistant coaches. What what are What's the anticipation level, like, for some of your players? You just mentioned Asia. You know, Dre had to sit out an entire season I mean, it, it, there's got to be some let's get out there. Now, with Asia, who's had that injury, you know, it sounds like she's full bore, full go. That's not, you know, she got past whatever mental hurdles. But, I mean, like, what's the excitement level at some of these players who just quite honestly have not seen competition in a really long time? Yeah, I think they're definitely excited. Um, I also believe, like, in um, – there's there's always rust and shaking the rust and um you know when you've been injured like getting your mojo back it's easy to say you're ready you're excited like i'm I'm healthy um but you know asia had the ultimate mojo you know when she got here um and you know i think when she stepped on the floor she felt like she was the best player every time she stepped on the floor um and we saw that um in spurts you know our first three games, you know, before she got hurt, four games. Um, and I think it's still finding that. It's finding that balance of, um, you know, getting her bounce back, you know, really being comfortable in tight spaces and, and the physics. She's naturally physical. She did a great job taking charges um, in our scrimmage. She took three charges, um, and they were legitimate. 
you know. I mean, in a, in a year where we've added the flop rule, um, you just can't throw yourself. You can you can embellish. I mean, it, that that's always going to be a part of the game, but you have to take it. You can't you can't throw yourself to the ground before there's contact. Um, and so, I'm super proud that you know when we got in that live situation, um, she went back to her instincts because it's something that she has always done. Um, but it's you know seeing the ball go through the basket. Um, not just in practice, but but in a game, um, you know, attacking the basket, finishing that that type of thing. I mean, drawing fouls. Like, um, I think the the rust is a little different with Dre. I mean, she didn't have the injury to come back from, but she dealt with some injuries this fall. Um, and so, just getting her in the mode where she's really, really comfortable with what we do and why we do it. You know, because even though she was a part of the team last year. Um, she certainly wasn't getting the reps, you know, as the season went along, and she played with the scout team a lot, um, you know. So really getting her um, to understand what we do and and why we do it, and make make good reads. And um, but yeah, I think they're they're both excited to to be who they you know were meant to be a year ago, and uh, you know really prepare. Both of them, you know, have graduated or and you know, want to be pros um, going forward. So being really, really focused on, you know, are you are you taking your playbook seriously? Are you um, taking care of your body seriously? Like, are you turning this year into, like, I want to be a pro and I'm going to act like I want to be a pro and I'm going to train every day and think every day about what that means. Like, what does life look like after basketball? Because that's just different than a freshman or a sophomore that's, you know, still in very much in student athlete mode. I mean, these guys are in class. There's no question. They're still in class doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom. Uh, but it's just a different vibe. It's Jordan Lewis coming here with an undergrad and a master's degree and just wanting to, to compete for a championship. Yeah, um, that's interesting to think about the the different mindsets as you get uh, further down the road. Uh, and uh, Nikki Collin on with us on the Matt Mosley show. Great to have you, have you back. The um, that Utah game. Now you got Harden Simmons exhibition Friday evening, um, and and then of course Southern, and and those are uh, kind of start to get things ramped up. And then really people are already pointing to that November fourteenth game. Um, against Utah, and I think that's interesting on several levels. One, that's a that's a top five program right now, and and a team that's supposed to be you know comes with all the accolades. And oh, by the way, they'll be joining the conference soon. Um, <laughs> right. you know, that was not known when that game was scheduled. I'm I'm sure, um, and and so that'll be kind of interesting because it gives us a little look. Because they'll come in here wanting to be one of the powers in the conference, so I think two of the the heavyweights uh, uh, get a little early season, and it's going to be a great, I guess, measuring stick game. So, um, I mean, I think that's one where you you know you, you want the big crowd to show up, but boy, also just um, a really unique opportunity for y'all uh, pretty early in the season. Yeah, really early in the season, we were supposed to kind of have two games sandwiched between Southern. Um, I, I we'll see if it's good or bad that you know we've we've got kind of a week to prepare after Southern um, for Utah, um, but but a top five team that returns all five starters from a year ago and there's six 
um, their six top scores, um, as well as you know adding a really good freshman, uh, a couple good players out of the portal for for depth. Um, a fifth year senior in Peely in the post that was uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year a year ago, and and isn't just dynamic on the low block, but makes threes, and so. Um, you know, they're a team that, that I guess for our fans, the closest thing that I could compare them to in our league is in Iowa State, um, a team that's really going to stretch you out and screen and cut and, and can make a ton of threes um, if, if you give them time and space from the arc. Um, really good ball movement, really good player movement. I mean, they're just they're kind of on a roll. I mean, I think there were a few years they were, they were maybe a little – on the, the maybe some people would say down, but I think the last three years they've just um, been on this upward trajectory, and and now um, our key players just even in the in the recruiting game, you know, a lot of the top players are 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 considering Utah now, so they've just really put themselves in an elite position. And if you look back to last year, they were an air ball um, free throw away from potentially an elite eight, um, and so a great year last year. High, high expectations, um, obviously, this year. Um, but an amazing opportunity to um, get them on our home floor early um, and, you know, really see where we're at and what we have to do to be not just a, a contender, um, you know, in the Big 12, but on the national scene as the, as the season goes along. So we're going we're gonna to get really, really tested. If you're a Swifty, like, it's, you know, we came out with our promos. It's a big you know, Taylor Swift heiress tour kind of game and uh, a doubleheader at that and then are playing after us. So, like, there's a ton of reasons. Great basketball, great opponent, um, Taylor Swift theme, and, uh, you know, a doubleheader, uh, which is, I think, our only true doubleheader, like, on the schedule um, this year. So um, just a million different reasons for fans to come out and, and support us against Utah, but I don't want to discount the fact that, you know, Southern's a, a team that, you know, did really, really well um, in the SWAC last year and going to be athletic and, and challenge us in unique ways to start the season. So, um, you know, a lot of good opportunities to see us in Farrell before we, before we make that move to Foster after the new year. All right. Yeah, some of those packages are still available. Uh, the mini Farrell plan. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, got the, the big game against TCU uh, to open up Foster. Are, have one last important question and follow up from me: uh, Are you a Swifty? Is that uh, is that a big is is Taylor a big part of like your family's uh, when you are on a road trip or whatever? How does Taylor Swift fit into that? You know, I would say yes and no. You know, I wouldn't say any of us are like hardcore Swifties. My kids were not. Um, begging me for tickets um, to the Eras Tour. Um, I think we all wish we had made it um, a priority to, to, to see it, um, knowing that there, there may not be another, obviously. You never know. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly have enjoyed, um, you know, this, this, like, true thing, like, growing up, like, one of my favorite things was Sunday morning breakfast with my family before church. And so one of those things we continue to do in our family is, especially the girls, uh, my two girls would always like, whether we were making French toast or pancakes or whatever, they would always get up with me um, to make breakfast. And there was many, many times that 
um, Taylor Swift was, you know, playing as we would, we would have a lot of dance parties while mixing pancakes and someone was in charge of the chocolate chips. And so, yeah, she, she definitely was a big part of like those Sunday morning breakfasts. Um, you know, we'd pass the wooden spoon and there'd be a lot of dancing and singing. So, um, I think there are those that are, that are way more swifty than me. Um, and I think obviously like the whole, um, Taylor Swift, uh, Kelsey, uh, phenomenon, we'll call it, um, has made a lot of people suddenly Kansas city chief or NFL fans. So it's, it's kind of amazing her reach. All right. It sounds like y'all's uh, performances at breakfast was pre-TikTok, perhaps, so we'll never be treated to any of that. But uh, glad to know, glad to know that was going on. Uh, Coach, fun to be visiting again and um, and talking about this uh, season. Really appreciate you uh, being on with us. Awesome. It's good to connect. You bet. There she goes, Nikki Collin. Uh, on the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, we continue getting you ready for Game 4 of the World Series. Rangers in control, 2-1 lead in this thing. That is next.